everyone, welcome to the Religious Coffee Hour. My name is Hunter Malott, and this is the first video podcast on the Religious Coffee Hour. So I'm very excited about this. It's something that um, has been a long time coming and I've been wanting to do for a while. And today we're going to be asking the question, are the Christian and Muslim gods the same? Are the Christian and Muslim god the same? And this is a pretty heated topic. Um, there are some on on both sides who say some different things. And there are some, I would say, more in the middle who don't know much about religious matters, uh, who, who seek to be uh, inclusionary, if that's even a word. But they seek inclusion. Uh, they seek to make sure no one is ostracized. And these people often say, well, yes, they're the same God. You may worship them in different ways. Uh, you may call them different things, but at the end of the day, they are the same God. And really one of the principles of that is, is because they are two of the three mono major monotheistic traditions and religions, many times they are just simply classified as the same God. So we're going to seek to answer this question and uh, a little disclaimer here for you. I do not um, pretend to be a scholar on the Quran. Uh, I own a Quran. I've read from the Quran. I haven't deeply studied the Quran. Um, but a lot of the information that I'm going to be providing you folks uh, today in the video is not information that I have just conjured up. It is information that I have um, gathered from other sources and from, I believe, people who have studied the Quran deeply and who have their own opinion on it. So at the end of the day, this is my opinion, and you may have a different opinion. And if you do, put down in the comments what your opinion is. If you have a disagreement, uh, then we'll have a discussion about it. And also, if you do like this video, you like the podcast, and you will like the channel, then subscribe, like the video, hit the notification bell so you never miss when we post. Now let's get into this. So over a decade ago, a Catholic bishop named Tenny Muskins, I hope I'm saying that right. I don't want to say his name is Tiny. Tenny Muskins said this concerning what Christians should call God. Quote, Allah is a very beautiful word for God. Shouldn't we all say that from now on? We will name God Allah? What does God care what we call him? It is our problem. And this statement and ones like it may have been viewed as very radical, you know, a decade ago, a couple decades ago, but today statements like these are becoming all the more common and more people are seeing religion not as each person has distinct religious ideologies and values uh, but that it's it's really a giant melting pot and we need to connect to the uh, ultimate sort of spiritual um, spiritual guide I guess you could say and a lot of people say this about Islam and Allah uh, but before we continue on in our podcast I want us to define a few terms. So for one, Allah is just an Arabic word. And it is the name of God among Muslims and Arabic Christians. And I think that's an important thing to note. The Hebrew word for God, the Hebrew word for God is Elohim. And the Arabic word is Allahum. Now, these are generic words and not personal names. So the, the personal name of, of God, the God of the Old Testament, would be Yahweh. These are 
generic words and not personal names. I don't know if anyone, well, I suppose people are arguing that um, Allah is the exact same as Yahweh. Um, however, when we think about these two words, Allah and God, to uh, Arabic Christians, people who share the Christian faith, they call God Allah. And the reason is, is because it, that's simply the, the word God in their language. Obviously, God is an English word. He's the creator and ruler of the universe and the source of all moral authority. So again, we're talking about generic words and not personal names here. These two words, Allah and God, are both generic words with the same definition. That is, the supreme being of the universe. However, though these words may be the same in definition, they are not the same in principle. And so I want us to talk about that a little bit. Firstly, let's think about God the Father. God the Father, and and I'm a Trinitarian. If, if we approach this subject um, on the principles of the Trinity, you will really start to see that Islam and Christianity and the gods of those respective religions uh, are not the same, not totally at least. So let's think about God the Father, and this is God the Father in the Scripture, in the Holy Bible. The God of the Bible is a God of love. Clearly, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses nine, <clears throat> verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I got a fly buzzing around me here, and it's starting to annoy me, but I didn't I didn't bring my, uh, my fly swatter. Uh, so, oh well. I guess uh, I guess he'll just be my little friend here. He'll be my little pet. John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible clearly says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So God loves the whole world. He didn't just love those who love him. God loves all people. Uh, he will love He will love all people. The Bible says that at, at the time that we were yet sinners. We were still enemies with God, and, and Jesus Christ died for us. This shows God's love, of course. If God did not love sinners, then he would not send his Son. For Paul tells us there is no one righteous, no, not one, Romans chapter 3. But God did send his Son into such an environment because he loved sinners. First John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So God of the Scripture clearly, clearly loves sinners. Now, does this mean that God loves sin? Of course, no. God will punish sin, and he has punished sin on, on his son Jesus. However, the God of the Quran is a God of reciprocal love. So the Quran is clear that Allah is a very loving God, but only to an extent. So let's think of some verses from the Quran. Allah loves those who do good deeds. Surah 2.195 says, quote, Do good for God loves those who do good. Allah loves those who are pure. Surah 2, 2.22 says, God loves those who turn to him, and he loves those who keep themselves clean. Allah loves those who are mindful. 
in Surah 9, verse 7, there the Quran says, God loves those who are mindful of him, and Allah loves those who fight in his cause. Quote, God truly loves those who fight in solid lines for his cause, like a well-compacted building. Surah 61.4 So, from the Quran we read this, that Allah is not so loving to those who do not love him, because here it says that Allah does not love transgressors. Quote, God does not love those who overstep the limits. Chapter 2, 190. Uh, this is Surah 2, 190. Sinners. He does not love sinners. Surah 2, 276. He does not love, quote, he does not love the ungrateful sinner. Okay? Allah does not love unbelievers. Quote, Say, O Muhammad, if you love Allah, then follow me. Allah will love you and forgive you your faults, and Allah is forgiving, merciful. Say, Obey, and Allah and the Apostle, but if they turn back then surely Allah does not love the unbelievers. Surah 3, 31 and 32. Also, 30, 43 through 45, quote, Then turn thy face straight to the right religion, before there come from Allah the day which cannot be averted. On that day they shall become separated. Whoever disbelieves, he shall be responsible for his disbelief, and whoever does good, they prepare good for their own souls that he may reward those who believe and do good out of his grace. Surely he does not love the unbelievers. So the God of the Bible loves all men, regardless of whether they are sinners or not. That's the whole purpose of the, of the scripture. That's the whole drive that the scripture wants us to understand is that God did not choose to love us simply because we were good people. Nobody's good, but God loves sinners, and he gave his son for sinners, and that's the whole point. The God of the Quran, Allah, loves those who love him. Allah loves those who loves him. Over and over again, as we just read, the Quran says that Allah does not love sinners. He does not love those who believe in him. So, God the Father is a God of infinite love, but it does not seem to me that Allah of the Quran is the same. So let's think about the Holy Spirit, and this is God the Holy Spirit. And again, I already told you my beliefs. I'm a Trinitarian. I'm not a Unitarian. There are some who, who perhaps hold that, but I do not. And so let's think of God the Holy Spirit. The Bible portrays the Holy Spirit as deity. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. One of God's attributes is eternality. Of course, we know this, quote, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit also intercedes for men, like Romans chapter 8. We see that the Holy Spirit is very active within our prayer life. The Holy Spirit takes prayers up to the Father. And also in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, the Bible explicitly states here that the Holy Spirit is God. We also see this in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 3 or 4, where it says, uh, The Spirit is the Lord. So the Bible is clear that the Holy Spirit has a vital role in the redemption of man. The Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, is 
God. But the Quran, however, does not even think the Holy Spirit of the Bible exists. Okay? Now, in some translations of the Quran, there is the name Holy Spirit. But it is not capitalized and not looked upon as deity. The Quran states that it was not the Holy Spirit who brought down the word. Rather, they believed that it was the angel Gabriel. Okay? Quote, say, if anyone is an enemy of Gabriel, who by God's leave brought down the Quran to your heart, confirming previous scriptures as a guide and good news for the faithful, if anyone is an enemy of God, his angels and his messengers of Gabriel and Michael, then God is certainly the enemy of such disbelievers. Surah 2, 97, 98. So they also believe this angel to be a pure spirit that is incapable of sin. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is God. In the Quran, the Holy Spirit is an angel. So when we think about God, okay, you, you have to, a lot of people just, and even in, the, in, even in the Christian church, I will admit, a lot of people just see God as God the Father. They do not realize that God the Son and God the Holy Spirit take their place within the Trinity, that they are God, that they all make up God. But we have to realize that the Holy Spirit is God. And the Quran never says anything about the Holy Spirit. They believe that the Holy Spirit did not bring the scriptures. They believe that Gabriel delivered the scriptures to Muhammad, and uh, the Holy Spirit is not God to them. They do not believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've seen God the Father. We've seen God the Spirit. Now let's lastly look at God the Son. So this is perhaps where the Bible and the Quran differ the most. Okay, In the Bible we read of Jesus as our loving Savior, John 3.16, Luke 19, Titus 3, 3-6, etc. However, we also read of Jesus, the Son of God, John chapter 1, verses 1-3, through 3, and verse 14, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1-2, through 2. you could also throw Colossians chapter 1, within the mix, John chapter 8 within the mix. Um, clearly, over and over again, the New Testament testifies to the fact that Jesus is much more than a man. In fact, he is God incarnate. So not only does the Bible claim that Jesus is the Son of God, but that he is indeed God himself. Again, John 8, John 10, etc. There's so many of these. So Jesus is God. Although the Quran states that Jesus was a great prophet, the Quran does not teach that Jesus was the Son of God, or that He was God Himself. Uh, the Quran does this; it teaches a lot, uh, neither. And so, just to bring up a few similarities. Firstly, Jesus was born of a virgin. Okay, quote from Surah. And remember the one who guarded her chastity. We breathed into her of our spirit. And we made her and her son a sign for all peoples. Okay, so there, there is a, a similarity. In the Quran and in the Bible, Jesus is born of a virgin. Jesus performed miracles in the Quran. Quote, we gave clear miracles to Isa, which is Jesus, son of Maryam, which is Mary, and strengthened him with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that comes from Surah 5, 116. Jesus wanted men to obey him. There's another similarity. Quote, when Jesus came with clear signs, he said, I have brought you wisdom, 
I have come to clear up some of your differences for you. Be mindful of God and obey me. 4363. The Quran states that Jesus did not die. And so those, those four things, okay, Jesus was born of a virgin, Jesus performed miracles, and Jesus wanted men to obey him. That's pretty much where the similarities with Jesus stop. Now, there may be others, okay, but the Quran states that Jesus didn't even die, quote, and so for breaking their pledge, for rejecting God's revelations, for unjustly killing the prophets, for saying, our minds are closed, no, God has sealed them in their disbelief, so they believe only a little, and because they disbelieved and uttered a terrible slander against Mary, and said, quote, we have killed the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, the messenger of God. And then there's a parenthesis, and it says, they did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, though it was made to appear like that to them. They certainly did not kill him. No, God raised him up to himself. God has the power to decide. So, you know, that right there seals the deal to me. If you claim yourself to be a Christian, uh, then you have to realize that the Christian God and the Muslim God are clearly not 100% the same. And so when we're speaking of semantic matters, uh, you know, the word Allah and the word God, there we have an argument. But when we get into the roots of the theology behind both of these, uh, it's very clear. Although the Quran portrays Jesus as a great prophet, a messenger of God, they do not believe that he died or that he was resurrected. So as Christians, we believe that there is a Godhead, that the Father is all-loving, that the Spirit is powerful, and that Jesus is the Son and Savior of mankind. Christianity and Islam are not compatible Listen to this from the Quran. Quote, the Christians call Christ the Son of God. That is a saying from their mouth. They but imitate what the unbelievers of old used to say. God's curse be on them. How they are deluded away from the truth. Uh, clearly, Christianity and Islam are not compatible. You see that on bumper stickers all the time. You know, that, that coexists. Uh, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. We can treat each other as valuable human beings that have been intrinsically, uh, you know, that have been made in the image of God and have intrinsic worth and dignity, but that does not mean that we're going to agree on everything. And that doesn't mean that you can say a square is a circle. Okay. These things contradict one another. And we can't simply be naive enough to say that they're, they're the exact same thing. And so as we live in a society that's constantly trying to bring pressure for us to to believe different things we need to know the facts we need to know what is what is true and we need to know what is faithful for me I, as a minister uh, of of the christian church i i know within my heart that jesus christ is the son of god i see it attested in scripture and to me this is what i believe and i believe i have firm grounds for believing this. I believe I have good reasons for believing this. This video, this podcast, this is not to pick on anyone. Uh, this is not to uh, hurt anyone. It is to bring forth the realization that not everything is the same. 
there is nuance. And when it comes to the Christian God, that is Yahweh, and when it comes to the Arabic or the Muslim God, the God of Islam, Allah, they're different. They're very, very different. Because I believe that God is one, but I believe that God makes up three, and that is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That doctrine is not found within the uh, Quran, and I cannot agree to a text of Scripture that would tell me that Jesus Christ never died. Uh, that would go against my whole faith, and that would shake my whole faith uh, and the foundations of my faith to the core. And so we have to realize that there are different things. So I hope you enjoyed the video today. Uh, I hope that you, if you're just listening, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, uh, whether through Spotify or, or Facebook or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, or whatever uh, platform you use to listen to podcasts. Um, let me give you a little bit of an update real quick on what we are going to be doing on the Religious Coffee Hour coming up in the future. Hopefully, we're going to be able to have some debates on here, and I'm going to make them look as professional as I can with the, with the budget that I have, and um, I think they will be a great tool uh, for not only for ministry, but also just to spread uh, the word out there. I feel like debating is sort of a lost art nowadays, uh, but I don't think it should be. I, I really think that debates are important. A lot of people today talk about discussions. Uh, well, let's 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 have discussions, and and discussions are good, but debates are also necessary. In a discussion, uh, you may come to it casually, but in a debate setting, you need to bring forth all the available arguments that have credibility on your side. The other person brings forth their arguments that have credibility on their side, and then the public gets to see all the best arguments for one side and the other side, and they get to decipher for themselves, discern for themselves, and choose of what has the best evidence. And I really think that if you're going to have a, a belief that's going to hold up to scrutiny, that you really need to engage in debates. I'm not saying every topic needs to be debated, uh, but debates certainly, certainly, uh, can help, and I really think that they are a lost art. So we're going to have some debates coming up, and uh, we'll, that will be live-streamed, hopefully, on Facebook and also on the YouTube channel. And so if you're new to the channel, okay, <laughs> I will be new to you as well because this is my first video. If you're new to the podcast, again, follow uh, the Religious Coffee Hour on whatever platform that you may feel. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like, hit the notification bell, and hopefully we'll, we'll uh, gain some consistency and it will be a very, very um, enriching and, and, and uh, fun time, to be honest. So that's everything. As always, walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, and keep drinking that good spiritual coffee.